you know, we've seen a lot in this past year. And could you just tell me, how exactly do you feel about this generation? This generation is full of misguided leaders. It's adaptable. It's full of deception. Really like prideful and really focus on themselves. I think this generation is at the edge of destruction, but also at the edge of revival. I think this generation is overworked. We're encouraged to work so hard, yet never encouraged to rest to that same extent. I think this generation is creative and ready to show the world who it is. I think this generation is full of so much potential. But I also feel too that we've become so accustomed with the negativity that has been brought in the atmosphere that we are so close to falling off the edge. It's time for greatness. This is Empower. and welcome to episode four of empower guys we're gonna get into a lot of good stuff today um the topics that we're gonna discuss it's gonna be a little bit uh, a little bit more difficult to kind of get into and that's why i'm really glad that i have our guest here today he's actually the contest winner of the little contest that we had before we even launched um kyle samuels say hey to everyone kyle what's going on what's going on Man, I'm really glad to have you here today. Um, kind of as the title suggests, you know, we're just going to be talking about some of the struggles that we face um, just becoming adults once we get to that age around like 18, 19, even like 17, you know, the, the responsibilities that we begin to take on for ourselves. We're going to get into that a little bit today. And, you know, it's going to this is probably the episode so far where I've been, I don't want to say the least prepared, but I've left a lot of gray area in the outline for this episode and we're kind of going to get into a little bit why I specifically worded it that way later on but all in all I think it's going to be a great conversation I'm so glad to have you here bro um and really let's just dive right into it you already know the three p's at this point so I'm not even going to list them off again but um yeah man so basically with this I, I it was really just on my heart to talk about adult decisions and I don't mean like everyday decisions like oh where do I want to eat today you know like where do I uh or when do I want to get a haircut I mean more so stuff like moving out you know like um who I want to marry stuff like that and I know that's kind of big but those are really the decisions that we face as we grow older as we you know go through that maturation process you know so it's like that's stuff that we need to talk about because they're very hard decisions and it they're just very complex and I want to maybe kind of shine some light get some insight from other people and and see how they kind of go about through those processes because I feel like once you turn 18 once you get to that around that age it's like the first time in your life where there's major uncertainty in what's good and what's not good for you you know so with that Kyle I kind of just wanted to ask you like what influences your life decisions the most and why honestly there's a lot that would go into my decisions but mainly i really look forward into the future i would think more of uh so how would i feel like five to ten years later than just thinking more of in the moment well there's a lot of decisions that go into in the moment but mainly how would i feel like would this would i be still happy with this decision would i still be okay and more confident that I have in this decision that I'm making right now. Yeah, I, I definitely feel like that's something important to consider is obviously just 
future implications, you know, um, how will this affect me five, ten years from now? How will it affect my kids, you know, my family, like, you know, all that sort of stuff. I think that's important to consider, you know, even, and it's kind of weird that I guess I would group this with everything else, but even stuff like tattoos, you know, because I've kind of grown to see the importance of, like, why do I want like why do I or do I not want one and I think tattoos are perfectly fine I don't have an issue with them at all but like for me personally I have to think about because I don't have any right now but I have to think about okay if I were to get one which I may or may not but if I were to why do I want one and what specifically would I get things like that you know um how would that kind of like I don't know impact my future profession what it I don't know whatever it is whatever I'm planning on doing with my life you know you got to think about these sorts of things because something like that obviously it's like it's permanent but obviously, you know, there's like that laser surgery or whatever you can get to get the removal and stuff like that. But that's a process. But for the most part, it's permanent. And in big decisions like that, we really want to take time to think about what the future implications will be after that decision is, is already set in stone. You know, it's kind of funny because last night I was um, just talking to some friends and, um, you know, because obviously we're, we're Christ followers, you know, we read the Bible and stuff and... I believe it was somewhere in First um, Peter chapter two. I think we were studying, and essentially, one of the things that one of my friends mentioned is that you know everything is temporary. You know, like this life, it's just temporary. And as soon as she said that, I just couldn't help but start thinking like about my room. You know, and that's such a weird thing to just like get into your room. But I know when I moved here because I live on campus. Um, I know when I moved into this dorm, I was like, this dorm is temporary. So there were certain decorations that I wanted to put up on my walls, but they required me to drill nails into them. And I realized I couldn't do that because I don't really have ownership of this room. This is just a temporary thing. And because of that, I was just like, I, I told him in that moment, I was like, I think it's very important that we don't drill nails into temporary walls, you know, because when you do that, then you're beginning to take ownership over something that's not really yours. And then you have to deal with the, um, the aftermath. You have to deal with, okay, like you have to pay the, that price now. Because I know if my RA were to walk in and, you know, see a whole bunch of like huge holes in the walls and stuff, I'm going to have to pay that price. I'm going to have to pay extra and stuff. And yeah, sure, they can like take that coat of paint and paint over it. But like all in all, those holes are still going to be there when they shouldn't have been in the first place. And so... It's really the same thing in life, I feel like. You know, we need to make sure that we're not making permanent decisions on stuff that aren't really supposed to be permanent. And again, like, don't don't take me the wrong way. I'm not, like, downing tattoos or anything. I think tattoos are awesome, you know? Um, I, I Honestly, I may get one. Um, that was just kind of, like, something I wanted to use as an example. But, um, but yeah, we really have to take the time and, and think of how things like this or things like that can really just impact our future. Um, stuff like that so along with that you know I kind of got into a little bit with the the dorm experience but I also wanted to just kind of give you my perspective on things because coming to this college was one of the hardest decisions of my entire life I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you at all like choosing which college I wanted to go to was just tough because I had to consider okay like how far am I or how close am I to home to be honest in my sort of case I kind of wanted to be a little further from home you know um, so I'm kind of surprised that I picked an option like this because I'm only maybe two hours away from home. Um, but I had to consider, okay, like, am I going to be able to afford the cost of living wherever I'm, whenever, wherever I end up going? Um, 
I had to think about just, okay, because obviously, again, I'm a Christ follower. I was like, okay, is there, are there any great churches to get plugged in in the local area? Just like stuff like that. Things that would influence, I know, my everyday life. And, but over a certain period of time, like over four years, obviously. So it was kind of short-term and long-term decisions that I was thinking about. Um, I had to think short-term in the, uh, in the sense of days, but I had to think long-term in the sense of years. And I had to realize like, man, like what place is going to truly give me the things that I need? And there was always gonna be a trade-off because to be honest with you, I'm not dogging on UCF or anything, but it's not like Yale or anything. And to be honest with you, ever since sixth or seventh grade, like I've been working towards scholarships and, and, and things like that, working so hard in school. So that way I was able to um, get a full ride to a scholarship. And luckily I'm blessed with the opportunity to have a full ride here. But the type of scholarship that I got, like most people, they go to Ivy League schools. And that was really what I was looking at at first to go to a place like Harvard, Yale or whatever. But I realized there's just something about Orlando that I have to be here with. And I had to consider the spiritual aspect for me as well. Um, I had to consider that. I had to think, I really feel like there's a purpose for me to be here in Orlando. And ever since I've moved to Orlando, I've realized so much that it was the right decision, that there's just so many opportunities for me here, so much room for growth that I just really wouldn't be able to have access to if I went anywhere else. Even if it was to like a city right next to Orlando, like, no, I have to be here. And there's reasons for that. And so... I'm glad that I made that decision, but all in all, like there was just so many things, so many influences that I had on my life, you know, especially family. And I don't know about you, but me being Haitian, like, you know, the, them immigrant parents, they don't play, bro. Like they want you to, they want you to go to uh, an amazing school, one with like all the best just qualities, the best education, because they want you to have a good job and that's great and all, but at the same time, there are other things to consider as well. And so it was just the hardest decision so far I've ever made in my life because I had to figure out like, okay, am I gonna listen to my family? Am I gonna listen to my friends? Am I gonna listen to me? Am I gonna listen to God? Like, what, what do I listen to? And it was just such a hard decision, but ultimately I, I feel like I made the right one. Um, but for the first time in my life, it felt like something can be so right yet so painful, you know, because it was almost a sense of pride for me. I was just like, but I've worked hard all these years. I, you know, I deserve, I should be going to a place like an Ivy League school or whatever. Like, why is it so painful even though going here feels so right? But that's kind of what decisions are like for us as adults now. Like, we don't really face that too much as teenagers, you know? Yeah, it's, especially as Christians, um, giving up a lot of things in our past it feels very painful um but at the end of the day it is a good decision because this is our this is our you know eternity that we're talking about personally for me you know um a lot of my decisions are really based on that um really thinking really far into the future but especially with what you said when you came to finding out the position and the place that you wanted to live in um you were thinking days ahead and years ahead as well and i think that also influences my life decisions as well uh just thinking a little bit farther ahead seeing if the area is good making sure like distances traveling and just how it would feel years from now you know right right that's so good like but that that's exactly how it is but you know it's tough right like we don't it, it, it takes a while sometimes to really just consider all the possibilities. It's like Bill and I, like, consider the following, you know? Like, so, uh, but that's that's how it is. You know, there's so much to look at. 
And, and, and with all of that being said, I really want to get some of your insight on this. Like, what gives you confidence, I guess I could say, in your life decisions that you make? Oh, man, confidence in my life decisions. Ah, that's pretty, that's an easy one for me. That's, uh, thank God, at the end of the yeah, day, yeah. <laughs> God gives me the confidence. I really put my trust in him. Um, everything, all, most of my decisions really go through him at the end of the day. Um, because I have a big thing with uh, feeling guilty. So I don't want to feel guilty about my decisions. So I really just run everything by and through God and through the Bible, through his word, make sure everything matches up. So I really get my confidence in that because at the end of the day, I know that I'm mainly doing something right for my soul, but then also trying to make sure I'm doing right by him. Yeah, yeah that's good. Like we want to make sure that we're obviously doing right by him. Um, again, us as Christ followers, but um, it's it's a tough thing because specifically for us in that sort of aspect, and, and for those of y'all who, who don't follow Christ, who, you know, just don't live that lifestyle, not just spirituality, but like morality should always be something that's black and white. Like we obviously know, okay, it's wrong to kill someone, you know, like it's, um, it's wrong to steal something that's obviously not yours. Um, that, that should always be black and white. But when it comes to figuring out what's right for us specifically, um, what person we should be with, um, what job we should have, this, that, and the other, like, black and white doesn't always exist. Sometimes you just have to pick your shade of gray. Like, there's always a trade-off in that sort of sense. Like, there's always that sort of opportunity cost, I could say. And that's honestly a term that I hate using because it was something that was, like, instilled in me whenever I took AP Macro in high school, and I honestly, I hated that class. But but that's how it is. It's like, life is almost like economics, you know? Like, there's something that you're going to have to give up in order to have something else. And that's kind of like the gray area of adulthood. And it's really tough. That's why people always say, like, oh, adulthood is so ghetto and stuff, you know? But, like, that's just because they don't like the fact that things aren't easy anymore. And, and I don't think... I think that's natural. I mean, I think none of us would really want hard decisions every single day, but that's kind of what it's like. But when we prepare ourselves for that, then we begin to kind of get into a little bit more of like, all right, now we can really enjoy adulthood. Now we can not necessarily stress too much about those hard decisions, but end up making the right ones for ourselves. Um, And so with that, I really think that out of all that being said, I think love is the grayest area of adulthood. And it sounds cliche, you know, it's like, oh, like love or whatever. But, but yeah, it, it legitimately is. At least I think, yeah, I think, it, yeah, you know, I think love really is such a huge gray area of adulthood because if you look at people our age, um, I'm 19, what, you're like 21, 22? Yeah, 22. And that's one of the biggest things that we talk about, like biggest things, like when we're having a deep conversation at like 2 a.m., chances are it's probably going to be about like a woman, you know, <laughs> you know, like that's just how it is. Uh, because it's such a complex thing and it's tough but that's that's how it is and so with that I kind of want to read you like a little poem that I um that, that, that's cool with you mm-hmm. yeah uh, I want to read you this poem because it was something that was exposed to me in my junior year of high school by a professor that honestly really changed my life he changed my viewpoints about a lot of things like he made me see the world in just a completely different light. There are these pre-existing notions that I had that he kind of just deconstructed so that way I could, you know, just be a better person, I guess. And so here, I'm gonna, It's this is called She Dwelt Among the Entrodden Ways by William Wordsworth, who 
in my opinion, is like the best poet to ever exist. So, yeah, let's get into that. So it goes, um, it goes like this. She dwelt among the untrodden ways, beside the springs of dove, a maid who were none to praise and very few to love, a violet by a mossy stone, half hidden from the eye, fair as a star when only one is shining in the sky. She lived unknown, and few could know when Lucy ceased to be, but she is in her grave, and oh, the difference to me. And I don't necessarily know, um, what that means to you it, it probably like i don't know if it means too much to you since it, that was like your first listen to it um i don't know if like how much you're able to grasp from it but i could well first off like do you have any thoughts on it or you know was it kind of just like tough since like that was your first time hearing it it was definitely kind of tough first time hearing it but i can grasp the two different perspectives after when having her there and then after her being gone know um, a lot of us really realize a lot of things about the person or thing that we had after it's gone like you never realize what you had until you lost it and um that really goes back into love at the end of the day as well yeah so with that i think at first glance like it's easy to just you know that that, that's a that's a good way of, of looking at it one of the things that my professor though he made me realize was lucy Lucy obviously isn't like a person, you know, Lucy is conceptual, Lucy is anything that matters to you, anything that's important to you, anything that you really love, and basically what the poem was saying is the rest of the world saw quote-unquote Lucy to be something that didn't really matter, they just uh, tossed it off to the side, It, it just wasn't really at the forefront of their minds, but this person writing this poem, like, no, Lucy is like everything to them, uh, a violet by a mossy stone like she's different from everything else she's precious to him and because of that like he just he misses her now that she's gone like the, the rest of the world may think oh like we don't really care but to them it matters and and to me that's kind of like a big gray gray area in that sort of sense too because the world can tell you one thing but your heart will feel another you know um the world may tell you oh this isn't important like you shouldn't consider this at all but your morals the things that you have in place in your life that'll completely tell you something else and that's so tough because it even really and this is like a really sensitive topic um which i don't want to get i guess too deep into but it, it can even be shown in things like um abuse you know because it's, it's tough because the world may tell you, oh, like, you need to leave this person and stuff like that, but to you, that person is special, even though you can't really, like, see how much it's affecting you, and, you know, I don't really know too much about physical abuse, I mean, that sort of sense, but I do definitely do know about mental abuse, uh, you know, that manipulation that can happen, and even though there were the, all these outside voices telling me one thing, like, you need to leave this person, or, or, you know, this, that, and the other, they were special to me, you know? And that's such a tough decision to make because you're just like, well, I mean, they they seem like the only star shining in the the sky. Like, we know that there's billions of stars out there, but to us, we can only focus on that one. And that's kind of what it seemed like he was getting at, you know? Yeah, um, with the, the whole abuse thing, it's, that is a true fact because there are things that even being in the relationship that we other people on the outside would not see um there are certain qualities you really do like about a person and that you really hold on to and they kind of outshine the bad 
but from an outside perspective we're only seeing or being told about the bad so it's easy to tell someone to leave but on the inside it's really hard to let go because of the love and the time and the things that and the memories that you shared with this person you just can't let go of those things you know yeah yeah and that and that's why we always want to be like I mean, I, I guess really just be sensitive to people who go through things like that, because especially if you haven't gone through things like, you know, verbal uh, or even physical abuse, like you don't necessarily know what it's like, you know, and, and really that's not even something that's specifically, I guess, tailored to adulthood because, you know, you can even experience that as a child. But I think, you know, more often, like you also like you're exposed to, I guess, those types of evils as adulthood, like things, though, though, that's things that some of your friends are going through at this point, especially around this age, like some of your friends get married, some of them get married prematurely, you know, like they, they get involved with people that they shouldn't. And it turns out they're not that person that they expected them to be at all. And like as an adult, you see these things more often and you, you, you have to be faced with a tough decision like, well, how do I tell this person? Like, how do I help this person out? Yeah. It's such a gray area because it's like, you know what's right, but at the same time, what's right doesn't necessarily seem like the right way to do it, you know? Yeah. And again, I was talking to some people last night just about comforting people and stuff and, you know, it was kind of funny because it was almost like a girls versus guy thing um, and it was un unintentional but that's kind of how it worked out but the girls were basically saying sometimes we just want someone to vent to and stuff and, and all that and us guys we were saying okay yeah like we understand that but also there's a point where like you want to help bring the solution in as well and I think what we all realize is at, in, at the end of the day like we were agreeing with each other we just didn't realize it. we were kind of just going in circles but it's important to listen first allow the person to get their emotions out because at the end of the day they probably already know what advice you're about to give to them because I mean they're not dumb like you know like they know what's right for them but sometimes even though we know what's right like just because we know what's right doesn't necessarily mean that like we know how about how to go about doing it you know um just because you're smart like the smartest person in the room learns the least sometimes we have to hear that outside source and you know be able to go from there so we can truly begin healing or truly begin changing our perspectives on things so and and truly making a defining decision that's gonna you know help shape the rest of our lives so honestly i didn't even know that i was gonna get into all that but i'm glad that we did you know <laughs> but yeah and, and so kind of i guess backtracking off of all of that I kind of just like want to ask you some questions just about um, how you would respond, I guess, it, specifically to you, how you would respond to situations in marriage, because again, that's like a big, you know, thing that we see at this day and age, like for us as adults now, um, you know, our friends are getting married. So I don't know why, but I think this one's kind of just really off the top of my head. Um, but I want to ask, like, so imagine you're with your girl, you're, you know, now your wife, but you catch her cheating. How are you responding? What do you think? What type of decisions are you going to make going from there on? And I know that's kind of tough to hear just like right off the bat, but like, I'm curious, like, what would you, like, what would you do? Oh, wow. Off the bat, she's cheating. Huh. I'm sorry. I know oh, it's tough. I know man. it's tough. Oh, man. Oh, man. It's from, oh. Uh, first, I got to take a nice little 45 minute break from that because I got to step back and not say things that just I'm 45? Just 45, because you still got to catch the feeling of what I feel right now. So it's more of, I would have to step back for a little bit, um, really evaluate what was going on. And me, I'd have to just let you go at that point. I There's no, 
I can't take you back after that. You cheated on me. Um, in the back of my head, you did it once. Who knows if you'll do it again? And if you did it the first time, there was never any respect there to begin with. You know, so I, man, walking in on my girl cheating, by the way, I am not married, nor, single, oh, yeah, nor yeah. in a relationship. So I, but definitely if I ever walked in on a cheating spouse it's just it's gonna be a very heartbreaking moment don't get me wrong very heartbreaking but i just have to let you go there's nothing that i could do about it i would talk to you about it um i don't really like arguing arguments i like coming to an understanding and understanding why and how long but at the end of the day there's there's nothing that you can do to take it back so i'm just gonna have to walk away from that one yeah, I think, you know, obviously it's like really understandable, you know, I think for a lot of people. Um, but again, it's a it's a it's a tough scenario because, you know, I imagine like if you marry them, like knowing you, especially like if you marry someone, you're going to be intentional about like who you marry. Because that must mean like you really, really love them. And so to catch that and to then wonder like, well, then what do I do from here? I don't know. For me personally, I honestly can't give a definitive answer on if I would leave after that because I guess it would really just depend on if I really love that person that much like things obviously won't be the same after that but I don't know and I may sound I may sound like a simp after saying this but like I don't know like I could potentially see myself trying to maybe work things out with them after obviously a lot of uh, a long period of like you know having to figure all that stuff out yeah because at the end of the day it also comes down to how much time you spent with them you can't just throw all of that down the drain yeah it, 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 that's such a tough thing you're right though like you don't want to just imagine like you've been with something you know, this is kind of rare but like, imagine you've been with someone since like middle school bro a relationship like that and then to, and, and then at that point you would think okay but if you've been together since middle school then either they've always been cheating on you or you know they just never would do that and this scenario would just like never happen but like life is complicated you know like stuff like that does happen and so bro like you've been with someone 10 plus years and then that finally happens to you or at least you finally catch it that's like all those memories like what do you do now here's a little uh like a little caveat from that though i am not saying and i want to make this clear like i'm not saying like if you're in a, a relationship and they're treating you terribly and all that stuff this none of this stuff that we're saying is you know us saying that oh you need to stay with them all that stuff if they're being manipulative all that stuff leave girl leave boy leave you know whatever it is like we're not saying to, to do all that what we're saying is we understand your pain we understand your like how conflicting it is we understand that it's a it's a tough scenario to be in and and that's what we face as adults so constantly in our lives definitely um with the whole time thing if especially if it goes back to like middle school um i think love well let's put it like this let's put it like this if this was happening the whole time like they were cheating the whole time then yeah there's definitely a problem but if this is like the first time i think at that point love just takes over you're able to overlook these things and overcome it um later down later on down the line um it would definitely take some time to overcome this but i feel like love would definitely overpower that because you have so much love for the for that person you can't just walk away um but yeah i guess really time is really a big factor in that one
I mean, I think you hit it on the the nail on the head, really, which with that, it, it depends on the scenario specifically. It's not, and that's the biggest thing about adulthood, bro. Like, it's not a one size fits all. Every person is different. Every person has different needs, requirements, and every person has been put in a different scenario. We all see the world in a different way, and ultimately, in the end, like that's how our in, uh, how our decisions are influenced. And that's what makes it so complicated because the way one person does something can't be the way that everyone does it. It's not going to work like that. It's not going to work out for you. You're not going to truly be happy that way. And so, oh, no, it's just tough. Like, I, I, let me see if I can. I want to ask you one more. Again, these are like off the top of my head. Okay, so, okay, we kind of mentioned it a little bit before, but, you know, let's let's get like a specific scenario into this. So, say you have a, a friend. They're a good friend. You notice, it, guy or girl doesn't matter you notice like bruises on their arms and stuff like you see that there's been like probably been something going on how do you reach out to them how do you kind of start that conversation off like do you even approach them at all like do you think like oh i mean it's not my business and stuff like like what do you do in that scenario well personally i'm going to approach you at the end of the day your safety is very important to me friend not friend i've known you for years or days i'm still going to reach out to you and make sure that you're okay and if help is needed um if you are a little bit closed off about it um i'll definitely poke you just a little bit more times until because sometimes you really need a little bit more of nudges for you to break right because you don't know what you've been holding on to for so long that you're just you just need someone that actually looks like they really care and actually genuinely do care that you can pour out into and maybe gain a little bit of insight or at least some advice in some type of way that can probably help you but if you're gonna be closed off about it okay i'll stand i'll stand back but like you know i'll let you open up to me about it but at the end of the day your safety is more important to me i'm going to try to in every possible way to help you or really help you talk about it and probably give you any type of advice that I can. I think I think that's great. Um, you know, sometimes you're right. Like sometimes we do need to just like nudge just a little bit, not too much to the point where you know we make things even more difficult for them. But like sometimes people just need that little like just that little tug to, to finally get them to realize okay like we need to actually do something about this and stuff but again it's a tough scenario and like yeah. if you if you haven't encountered it if you haven't like experienced it yourself we'll never truly be able to understand like the things that's going on in their head but all we can really do is just try try to be loving to them try to help them in their, their situation yeah i actually had some um a friend she had bruises on her arm but in her way of thinking she thought oh it was a love language from him and on my standpoint i thought that was a little bit out of there you know and i was i didn't understand it but again like like you said it's we don't know there what's going on in their mind we don't know how they see it and remember i don't at the same time they have a lot of time in that relationship probably so they might think this is normal until exposed to something differently so yeah just that nudging can really just probably point out a couple things that she probably didn't see because you can really be blind in a um, toxic relationship and uh that's where it really gets dangerous you know yeah yeah 
that I think all around, like we encounter a lot more danger as adults, um, which which is kind of ironic to think because you think as children we're a lot more vulnerable, um, but also because of that we're also a lot more protected. We're you know we're shielded from seeing a lot of things, from encountering a lot of things, um, and so as adults, it's like once you're finally exposed to all of that, are you really prepared to handle them? You know, um, and that's why obviously like each person difference in like it differs in their experiences in life how they were exposed to certain things what age they were exposed to things um but at the end of the day it's it's a tough scenario and it it even goes into i know for me before whenever i would see a homeless person like as a kid obviously i had nothing to offer them you know i didn't have any money so it was kind of just like wow you know i kind of just would keep walking you know do my thing but once i got a job and i realized i was like wait a minute I actually have the tools to like help this person, you know, kind of like just sit down, talk to them. I'm old enough to be able to keep myself safe, um, but I can also like try to see if I can help them out as well. Once I realized that, though, I was like, okay, well, how do I navigate doing this? Like, how do I walk up to them? Like, what do I say? It's like, ah, I'm not really prepared for that. Like, again, it it can feel so right. You know, it's the right thing to do. But then you also worry, it's like, okay, what about my safety? Like, what do I, what about this? What about that? Like, it's so conflicting. But ultimately, we're just trying to make the right decisions in this life. As adults, like, that's all we can really do. Do you personally still have problems walking up to a homeless person and um, starting conversation or anything like that? For me, no. Um, And part of that is kind of stemmed from, like, doing outreaches with church. But also just in, like, my own sort of sense, my sort of self-development, I've kind of of, um, just realized that you know, I want to be more open. I want to speak on things that really matter and stuff. And I'm going to, if I'm going to speak about it, I got to be about it as well. So it'll be little stuff. First, you start off small and you just like, okay, like with um, people at grocery stores, like my cashews and stuff, I'll just talk to them. They're obviously, it's a safe environment and I don't really know their story. They're obviously not homeless or whatever. Um, but like I can make conversation with them. So if I can have a conversation with a random human being, I can apply that same thing to someone who's homeless because they're human being just like them. Uh, so there's really no difference. And so I feel more comfortable now being able to navigate that, approach that situation, help them out, you know, just like, just treat them like the human being that they are. Yeah. Um, we're like kind of going on time a little bit, but, but, I, but I like it though. Uh, I think we've talked about a lot of great things today. And honestly, I think this is just one of my favorite conversations yet, bro. Like, hearing your wisdom hearing just like your um your point of view on things it's it's really been amazing so i'm really glad that you know i had you on here today um thank you so much for coming um before we go i do want to remind everyone hey follow us on ig you're gonna get all your updates really from there we're not really on twitter like that anymore um i just feel personally i need to take a break from that platform um but you can catch us on instagram at empowered.youth um, obviously you want to subscribe to our Spotify or Apple podcasts, you know, just all things like that. Um, I'm really just thankful again for everyone who's listening, tuning in. I love and appreciate you guys. Thank you again, Kyle, for coming on here and, um, we will see y'all later.